Mike, I know that you only kind of believe that America landed on the moon in 1969, but we have another lunar topic today. I never said la, that. La, 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 okay, la, la, right, la, I see how la, this la, one's going to be. Someone's just all excited because they had some people go to space, I guess, right? Like, that's what, we've, what we're dealing with today. Kind of. Today, we're talking about Project A119, also known as, quote, a study of lunar research flights. Sounds pretty cool, right? When I go study how fly around lunar space. Mm -hmm. It was a top secret United States Air Force plan put together in 1958 to study the moon and cislunar space. I mean, sounds reasonable, right? This is something that happens, top secret plans and all that. Did it include some sort of satellite, rover? You know, they wanted to gather some intel, but they didn't want anybody else to know. Well, not exactly. The plan was to detonate a nuclear weapon on the moon. Ah, okay then. (laughs) Fine. Not as reasonable, I suppose. Not even close. All right, let's talk about this one. Starting with the launch of Sputnik in October 1957, the Soviet Union and the United States were competing in the space race on top of the already worrisome Cold War. I feel like they could have branded those more closely together. Branding's important during a Cold War. Cold space. I mean, they're, but they're two strong brands, right? Space race, Cold War. So during this time, the U.S. was really struggling to get its infant space program, well, literally off the ground. And rumors abounded that the Soviet Union were looking to set off a nuclear weapon on the moon themselves. An anonymous source had told the U.S. Secret Service that an explosion was planned for a lunar eclipse that was going to take place on November 7th, 1957, for maximum public exposure of the event. Some reported that if the missile failed to hit the moon, gravity would return it to Earth still armed. That's, uh, that's not great. No. You know, really, the more I read about the Cold War, the more I understand, like, the fear that many people must have lived under for so long. Yep. In this hubbub, some felt America should be ready to repeat the event. The Illinois Institute of Technology put together a 10-person team led by Leonard Rifle, members including one Carl Sagan, who was a student at the time and put in charge of the mathematical projection of the expansion of a dust cloud in space around the moon at the request of his dissertation advisor, Gerald Kuiper. Yeah, guy's got the Kuiper belt named after him. Bunch of rocks in outer, in you know, the outer edges of the solar system. It's pretty cool. Okay. There was much debate about what bomb should be used. A hydrogen bomb was deemed too heavy to launch to the moon, given where the rocket technology was at the time. So a small warhead, about a tenth of the size of the Hiroshima bomb, was chosen. Dubbed the W-25, the bomb was new at the time, and its small size and low kiloton yield was declared the tool for the job. It would be carried by rocket to the shadowed side of the moon, letting the cloud of dust be illuminated by the sun and visible to the Earth. By 1959, the Air Force had an ICBM powerful enough for the launch, but thankfully, this program was canceled in January of that year. The government had grown concerned, get this, about the possible negative public reaction Mm -hmm. and the danger to populations on the ground if the launch went poorly. Yeah, it's not going to be good for your polls. There was also the worry about nuclear fallout being a problem for future lunar research, crewed missions, and eventually colonization. Definitely the right call. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? If your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content, you could stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good because you need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. 
Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company or a podcast network, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they track and analyze your website's load times so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code UNGENIUS at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show and Relay FM. Just four years after the cancellation of Project A119, remember because of that bad press, the U.S. signed the Partial Nuclear Test Ban Treaty of 1963, which just rolls right off the tongue. This prohibited all nuclear testing except for explosions set off underground. The 1967 Outer Space Treaty extended this, outlawing any nuclear weapons testing on or around the moon. This didn't stop Apollo scientist Gary Latham from suggesting a small nuclear explosion on the moon to facilitate research into its geological makeup by creating a human-made crater, but that idea was quickly shut down. Project A119 was kept a secret until the mid-1990s, when writer Key Davidson came across the story while working on a biography of Carl Sagan. Sagan had listed his work on the project under his application to the Miller Institute for Basic Research in Science at the University of California, Berkeley. Davidson was critical of Sagan's involvement in the project, especially given the astronomer's anti-war views that he would hold later on in life. Sagan's application revealed the names of two documents concerning the project. The first, from 1958, was titled, Possible Contribution of Lunar Nuclear Weapons Detonations to the Solution of Some Problems in Planetary Astronomy. (laughs) Some problems. Like, did they put quotation marks on that? Some problems. Yeah, wink. (laughs) Uh, And another paper a year later in 1959 titled Radiological Contamination of the Moon by Nuclear Weapons Detonations. Some, including Davidson, have looked at this as a national security leak, and details were included in the book when it was published in 1999, three years after the end of Sagan's life, and were picked up by other outlets in little time. Little true national security damage could be done at this point, as the papers named were only two of eight reports concerning the project, and they had been destroyed in 1987 by the Illinois Institute of Technology. Only one volume seems to have survived and was unearthed only by a Freedom of Information Act. I like this framing of a, like, it's a national security problem, rather than it is people just don't want anyone to know they were planning this. Right? Like, that's what this situation really is. Like, we don't want you to know we were going to try and blow up the moon with a nuclear bomb. (laughs) But anyway, in 2000, Leonard Rifle, who had led the project, confirmed its existence and revealed detailed information on his team's work. He also denounced the work, saying that he was, quote, horrified that such a gesture to sway public opinion was ever considered. Similarly, historians have condemned the work, citing humanity's responsibility for the celestial bodies that we explore and also what i just want to put out there do you know what might happen if you blow up the moon well they're going to blow it up they were just gonna blow a crater in it so they could study the dust 
Mm. That's all. I don't think that's a good idea to nuke the moon. Oh, I agree. I'm not defending it. Nobody knows what would happen if you nuke the moon, right? Something terrible could happen. We don't know. If you want to learn more about this project, we have some links over in our show notes at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 106. While you're there, there's some fun activities to partake in. You can send us an email with your favorite weird Wikipedia topic, and it will go on the list. You can also become a member to support Ungenius directly. Thank you. Uh, to those ungenious members out there now. And you can find us on Twitter. The show is at ungenious. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me there as I-S-M-H. And until our next poorly worded academic paper leaks via application, Mike, say goodbye. Can't wait for the next one. Bye-bye. Adios.